a Shishkin Productions podcast. Welcome to the fourth transmission of the All Ships podcast. I'm your host, Dave Krugman, and today I'm speaking to one of my best creative friends and longtime collaborator, Stephen John Irby, aka Steve Sweatpants. Steve is a multidisciplinary artist, community leader, and someone who I consider to be the voice of a photographic generation. We dive into our shared history in the arts, the long arc of social media, potential for future technologies, gaming, Steve's upcoming exhibition in the Seaport District, and many, many other topics. Let's dive right in. This episode is supported by Smells Like. Smells Like is a Brooklyn-based candle studio created to bring you nostalgia through a variety of custom curated fragrances. Their signature collection includes one of my favorites, Teen Spirit. With notes of orange blossom, tuberose, and musk, this candle takes you back to the vibe of the 90s. They're offering our listeners 20% off with the code ALLSHIPS, so check them out at smellslikebk.com and get your candle today. All right, so today I am here with one of my best friends. We go way, way back, creative collaborators for years and years and years, Stephen John Irby, aka Steve Sweatpants. Hey, bestie. <laughs> it's been so long. I see you like a week ago. I know. <laughs> I'm actually glad we got to hang out a, a bit this during this these times. I know. I know. It's honestly kind of biblical. So any kind of time that we can cherish, especially throughout these times, is really important. Important. Um, but you know, we've been running around like little hooligans for a long time now. It's been close to a decade. So yeah, it, it actually has been close to a decade. That's wild. And it feels like through these times is like one of the cool things or silver linings rather not cool, but I feel like the people you do know, like I got closer with everybody, like on a much deeper level. Cause like we all went through the shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go back a bit to like how we did meet. Cause I think that that story is so funny and it's so of the internet. <laughs> um, I'll give my version of it or like my half of it and then you do yours i would love to hear your version of it <laughs> but i was doing a series on instagram in like 2014 called inspired by yeah 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 and yeah. i was just kind of taking other people's styles and like you know take my take on it and then i was posting it to instagram uh and i came across your tag which was 16 by 9 vibes <laughs> and for that post i basically did a crop of a photo that was like 16.9 and I was like, shout out Steve Sweatpants. And was I was that? in Israel. That's what I, I remember that vote. Fo- those photos are like, I, I remember they were somewhere crazy. That, it was a photo from Jerusalem. Yeah. That was, cause I remember that was the first time Like usually the photos from 16 by nine vibes were like, you know, New York esque photos. But that was the first time that I, it kind of popped into my radar. I was like, Oh nah, these are bangers. Like what is going <laughs> on? I was like, this was really dope. It was really dope. Yeah. So that was like back in a time where it wasn't, completely normal in the way it is now to make friends on the internet yeah but like it was such a cool way to meet people in those early days was like kind of resonating with their artwork and we actually met basically through online and then fortunately we're able to make it real one day yeah 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 it it was still like kind of like creepy but not (laughs) really creepy but it was i was still i was really open at that same point in my life as well too like you know i really wanted to step out of my box i think i was like around 26 or 27 at the time Mm -hmm. so i mean you know, that was like the precursor to a lot of, you know, all the other chill sessions that we started to have. You know, my take on it was that I, I was definitely familiar with your work. I wasn't too sure where you lived at, but I was familiar with your work. But I, uh, that was the time that I was just consuming so much, you know, so many different, so much information and all the different photographers. And yeah. I think that's when I started, started to link up with Illich. And um, around the same time, I started linking up with Illich and and, and Silva for the first time because Illich introduced me to Silva uh, in the first place. Wow. Um, because I was like still kind of hesitant to meeting people in the first place. Yeah, but- Illich hosted the first, <laughs> Illich Peters, everybody. Um, Illich hosted the first Instameet I ever went to. Yeah, he has great stories about that because we were, we were all like walking around in the slush in New York, like freezing to death, like you know, just tagging each other in photos on Instagram. It's crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, shout out to Illich. Honestly, he uh, he was a big a big reason for me leaving my house in the first place. So started to link up with everyone, and um, I remember when uh, around the same time, I think we all did that big uh, photo walk at the seaport. Uh, like, oh, this dude, full circle. It was a, it was straight up, honestly. Um, and then that's the first time I met you at the yeah, seaport. Rain rise NYC. There's probably like 70 photographers there at six in the morning in the rain. It was insane. And now the full circle thing that I just said is that Steve is having a 
you know, exhibition coming up in the same area. And we're all very excited about that. It's crazy. Honestly. What can you say about that? <sighs> it's just like one of those really dope things that like, you know, not to get all sappy and everything, but like, you know, that's, you know, that was where we had our first big photo walk. You know what I mean? Like I that's, that's the where first, I met you. Yeah. That's that. I in mean, I remember hopping time. in your car and we were driving over like <laughs> the Brooklyn bridge or something like that. And like, we was listening to like Jizza or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was like, you know, the, the Dude, weather was insane. I remember we were taking, there was a sunroof in yeah. my car and we were taking pictures of the raindrops at the buildings, like through it. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, exactly. So, Raheem was there as well too. Um, and then like a lot of those people that I met that day at that rain rise meet has been, you know, we've been like, you know, we've been friends to this day. Like Paula, Paula, Germ, um, Germ Natalie, um, Silva, probably Silva was definitely there. I'm pretty sure he was there. And he was the co-host. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. All of us are still people. And then yeah. honestly, a lot of those photographers that, that were at the rain rise meet are actually in the seaport gallery as well, too. That's so. crazy. That's been so able cool. to i was able to get silva into the show uh, when Natalie, is that gonna herself. be uh when can people go check that out down at the seaport may 14th is the official day okay so we're going to be running it from may 14th until july 23rd i believe so right. it's going to be for three months that we're going to you know shut down the whole seaport so that's amazing man it's, it's going to be such a good party. summer here in new york a covid friendly block party yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well yo let's get into let's get into you as a person first and then move outwards like you know, tell, tell our listeners like where, you know, where you're from, where you grew up, your, what makes Steve sweatpants, Steve sweatpants. And then let's move into like your, the beginning of your creative journey. Cause I think that that's like, you're, you're like a deeply creative person in so many ways. Like you're one of my funniest friends. You always making everybody laugh, but you also just have all these different outlets and interests. So I'm curious about the genesis of all that stuff too. But what makes Steve sweatpants, Steve sweatpants? It's, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a really full body kind of question for me because like I've, I'm the kind of person like I don't believe in the jack of all trades. I believe that you can do everything that you can as the at the most of the capacity. And, and I've always been like that, like ever since I've been a little kid, like um, growing up, I've been a born and raised New Yorker. Like so um, my mom was born and raised in New York. My, my dad was born from the South, but he was raised in New York. And then all of my family are like, you know, just you know, pure Brooklynites, you know what I mean? Like we was born, I was born in East Flatbush and then I was moved out to Jamaica, Queens, like Rosedale, Queens specifically around when I was like five or six years old. But like, you know, my mom's still, you know, my mom's Brownsville's roots is something that I live from to this day because it's just really embedded in the way of like my hustle and my outlook and like just kind of like my overall like toughness and situations. Um, but I didn't like living in Queens when I first moved there. Like I kind of hated it. I still love to be like being in Brooklyn like with my mom and my, I mean like with my grandma and her, you know, like my cousins, like it was like the, uh, every episode was like, Hey Arnold, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we were just losing our minds, like playing freeze tag, like pre-internet, it was a very, a very different life. So it yeah. took me a while to kind of like ease into, you know, finding my new tribe. And then a lot of the way that I kind of like, you know, have lifelong friends like Dijon and Demray that I always speak about. Like Demray is my tax lawyer now and, and Dijon's a, a, you know, a full-time nurse, but then like, he's pretty much like my own kind of doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm the one that's the crazy one who's like doing like art and all that other kind of stuff, but like they keep me very solid and grounded. And, and then, you know, me being able to like reach out and like be cool with them and playing basketball and Halo and and WrestleMania 64, you know, all the time. It was the same kind of way that I kind of branched out to link up with like, with, you know, with like you and and like so exactly. it was like the same like they they really helped me understand how to be more comfortable with myself so you know i've always been like that you know i've always been like really outgoing not outgoing but like <laughs> outgoing enough to meet people that mm-hmm. are you know that just are real ones you know and then that's why yeah. once i meet y'all i kind of go back into my cubby hole <laughs> <laughs> there's too many fake ones out there. <laughs> it's too much fakeness it's too exhausting it is funny man yeah um so when did I'm really curious about you're like, I remember you used to rock that Canon film camera. Yeah. You're shooting everything on film. Uh, what was your first introduction to photography in general? First introduction, my first introduction into uh, uh, photography was definitely like, the, like the OG film photos that you used to take when we were younger, like, mm-hmm. like, like little kids are like, shooting on the disposable film cameras like you know i always speak about those stories like and looking at old photo albums and the, stuff, old, right? the old photo albums of like you know seeing my cousin chilling on the plastic couch and yeah. then, you know seeing like my sister pick her nose and like <laughs> seeing me with the chicken poxes like all that kind of stuff is such strong visual memories for me like it kind of 
maybe I'd never had a photographic memory before, but those kind of like that kind of repetition and like looking at it and loving it and, and, and admiring it is really like my kind of first kind of really appreciation towards like the sentimental of like what photos could do. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, I, I was really into like, you know, you, you know me, I've always been into like buying sneakers and like, you know, a bunch of gear. I'm, I'm like, I have too much clothes. So, but my, that all started from me being like addicted to the Hypebeast message board forums. Like yeah. I was one of the OG Hypebeast message board forum dudes, like me and like, uh, uh, he's his birthday which is the other day happy birthday joshua kissy but um oh me, dude joshua's so good yeah another legend but like me and him have known each other since like you know hypebeast message board the same thing with like madbury club dudes and like all the like these really og internet culture like fashion and design yeah. houses i've been on the internet for a long time so we used to in order to take like a a good uh you well you wouldn't you don't want to take a crummy fit photo so you yeah. had to get a decent camera <laughs> <laughs> so there was always like you know this kind of i never had a camera but in order to like get your good fit off you know yeah. you need to make sure that you chose with homies that like-minded so it's yeah. always like these weird kind of synergies of you know re representation packaging but also like the sentimental value yeah and also like photography i always think about this too photography is a form of collecting oh 100 because i like i'm a big collector of so many different things like now I'm like collecting all these different plants and like uh, I got I, every time I travel, I like collect a stone to bring yeah. back and like, but I feel that I get the same kind of uh, thrill from taking photographs because yeah. well, I feel 100%. like I'm collecting moments and time. 100%. Dude, like I'm buying magnets, dude. I have yeah. uh, newspapers all of my crib. I have millions of books. I have a, like, it's just, it's just like that form of like, like you said, like the tangible collection yeah. of like, it's I like need to do it like time. mentally and like, you know, physically. It's immortality in the yeah. weird sense of way of like, how many immortal kind of tangible ob objects can I get yeah. <laughs> while I'm here? It's true. And then like you seek out those moments in life that are like, such big moments to capture for you yeah and i can think of so many that you've had man let's think about this like um you know what one of my favorite photographs you've ever taken is is your photo of uh who was it the basket was it Dwayne wade or no Oh no you probably think about um uh derrick rose derrick rose yeah. my bad yeah, my yeah. bad sorry for that uh but that photo is like where he's holding the ball in yeah, his hand yeah. it looks like something that somebody carved from marble <laughs> and then you, me, you were there and you like took a picture that makes dude it's so good that um so that's that means one really from you. good one but there's I so many really other projects you've that. done this year too like your photo of the guy you know raising his hand yeah, on yeah. top of the car during the black lives matter protests is i consider to be one of the most iconic photos of this entire past couple of years bro thank you man it's honestly, amazing. It makes me teary eyed. I'm honestly getting a little. It's getting kind of dry in here. These plants, <laughs> you know, all these plants. Uh, I, it's I, um, I, I, I. It leaves me at a loss for words, but at the same time, I'm just trying to. I always try to strive for like the most kind of simple, but at the same time, complex level of storytelling, storytelling and layering. Like I never liked the easy story. You know, like it's there's always like uh, i'm always bringing like random people into the fold so another analogy is like even with the passing of dmx you know yeah dmx what dmx is uh one of the legends of new york that i will always hold in reverence and then sometimes people will love to see the you know dmx are just you know having his energy and just being having his you know his energy in the streets but sometimes they don't see the level of love and and yeah, and yeah. His community that he put out every single day yeah that, like, that doesn't go noticed yeah and then sometimes i just want my photos to feel like that you yeah know? and then sometimes point. it's like their rose is just sitting in the middle of the room if it would look like but like if you really look at the room like there's missing there's missing towels in the scene like you know they, there's still like that light that, that warm kind yeah. of light coming in and, you know he's holding the ball and he's directly looking at it's like all these little yeah. things that like you can simply look at it as like oh yeah that's it looks like that it looks good but if you really look at it it has that multiple kind of layers a sentence that i love about that idea that you're outlining is a good photograph is what happens or it's it's a decisive moment at the confluence of certain variables. Yeah. It's like all there's all these different things that have to go right. And then you as the photographer is like, how do I best intersect all of these different components into like the most impactful image that is like filled with emotion and story and like symbolism? I wish I could articulate it that beautifully <laughs> because that's a hundred percent. That's how I feel. Honestly, it's. Sometimes like the sub, sub, uh, photography and art in general is just a, is such a wide range of emotions and subjectively, there's so many ways to look at it. Uh, I'm just really trying to evoke the most simple but human emotions that last forever. 
because it, everything is so fleeting. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I don't, you don't need to make situations overcomplicated if you already understand the context of the situation. Right. You know, um, and then sometimes things could just be simple, simple and beautiful and, and you can understand it for what it is at that time. Um, it's just really understanding to empower rather to exploit, you know? Right. And I'm always trying to empower. Like I don't want to exploit anything. Yeah. And you do it well, man. Yeah. You really Thank do. Thank you. You've actually had like, you're one of the rare people this year that I think like, uh, like particularly thrived during this crazy, you know, 18 months that we've just had. It's been a world one. <laughs> yeah. But you really like, you know, some people shut down some, like some people, um, you know, change careers or make big moves or anything like that. But the way that you were able to kind of move through this year and like do such important work while everything was kind of in chaos and falling apart. It speaks a lot to your character, dude. And I'm, you know, like, I'm proud um, of you, man. Thank you. I, um, I just, I, I hate feeling helpless. Yeah. I, that, that's one thing that, especially everything that I've, that's happened that I've endured in my own life. Uh, you know, if I can actually do something to control like my emotions in a place where you have no sense of control, like let me do that. Yeah. Because with photography is the most therapeutic thing. And at the same time, the most powerful thing that we could have. And another time it's escapism, you know, there, there's so many, so many facets of like the mental and the spiritual kind of like just the full, you know, just like the full load of life, you know, that yeah. I'm, that I'm taking in when I'm shooting those moments that like, like I need it for myself. I need it for my people. I need it to like tell you the real story. I like, I yeah. need it sometimes for like my own kind of documentation of it. Like it, if it's fulfilling so many different needs that if I, if I, I'm, I'm still human, dude, like watch, I, I watch the news and I see everything that's going on and like, dude, like I'm old now, like 34 years old. So like, I, I definitely like, way more cognizant of and aware of those situations, but like, what can I do about it? Like, yeah. am I really going to complain and, 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 and mope? Because I can do that really well. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but like, but besides that, I was like, what can I actually do that I can have that's immortal and tangible? Yeah. And you, you know? can, you can contribute. I mean, images are some of the most important parts of, of any movement. Yeah. You know, you need like images have moved the world in such interesting ways. And like, you're the one creating that work and like documenting the history that's happening, uh, especially through like, you know, it's so cliche to say, but like we've lived through this historic time. It is, you know, it feels, it feels, it feels even crappy to say it's cliche because like just how social constructs and everybody yeah. just makes you feel about it. But like, no, that shit was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we, then like we <laughs> that was It insane. is crazy and it was crazier. <laughs> it's still and it's still it's still happening, you know. And um Wait, I got a good question for you then. What what's your hope coming out of this experience of particularly just lockdown? Like of of like the social kind of freezing of all worldwide social activity. Like we just did a year basically we all, we all served like chilling. a year in rikers like we pretty much all served the bid in rikers <laughs> <laughs> um, like this is a gilded cage here <laughs> but. <laughs> um but all jokes aside um i just hope that everyone has just a, a more of a level of social intelligence and empathy wow good answer bro Th there's really nothing else that we can do besides hoping that you just take an extra second to think about it. Yeah. And then I hope that all the time that we had to think people tend to do that in conversations where everything else seems like, you know, it's a great opportunity to be outside and all that other kind of stuff. And like, you know, slowly stepping into real life again, but like, yeah. let's take a second to like, you know, breathe and like, and collect our thoughts. I'm not saying all conversations are going to be peachy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, I, I think the level of intent and, and, and understanding and just social intelligence and, and yeah. empathy, social is intelligence important. and empathy. I, I, I throw my vote in that bin as well. It's like, that's the only thing I could fight for. I yeah. That, that's the only kind of metric that I can win. Maybe it will take off like the sharper edge of everything in terms of just like, People, I hope that people will be less likely to snap at it, you know, just like yeah. snap at each other or like I, I, but the word empathy is really the best. So I'm just going to stick with that one. Cause like, I think empathy is one of the most important emotions. Cause it's like the, <laughs> the effort that I want to put out in the world. Like I want it to, I, I tweeted this the other day. It was like, 
every action you take is a is like dropping a stone in a pond that we all share yeah so whether it's good or negative like that literal like action will vibrate out through your community and it will reflect back at you it will affect other people and so like be careful of which stones you drop yeah and that you there's certain stones that you can hold yeah 100%. and you don't need you can walk with them and you can carry that weight and that's <laughs> that's for you yeah. and you can be mad in your head and you can curse somebody out in your head for like because they like you know cut you off in traffic but there's never a situation where that should escalate yeah you got to just be able to be empathetic to to everyone you encounter and i think that that's just a way to have such a better experience in this world it just makes it less stressful yeah it makes life better it, it just like i and you know I'm, I'm i'm not there all the time but i'm if i could say a percentage i'm like maybe like 75 some days other days 85 maybe mm -hmm. some days it's like a 50 you know what i mean like you know but i really always strive to be like half glass full at the end of the day with a lot of these situations yeah you know so, so, it, it has there has to be some kind of like middle ground and and and, and understanding with a lot of these you know especially with everything that's been going on yeah uh, i i just don't want to dismiss everything every time i want to allow a, a greater conversation yeah unless it's just really stupid if it's really dumb like, like we, we know like clearly like i'm not cool with racism oh if yeah. it's racist oh, that's, yeah that's, i'm not gonna sit there and have a I'm not, we're not politicking about nothing just don't be racist yeah you know you're scum you know but yeah. besides that like there's we can definitely have limits to, to <laughs> we can have we can have real constructive conversations and i and i hope hopefully you know society does that yeah i really happens. do hope that we come out of this a bit united it's funny though that you, like my instinct is to not trust humanity and be like people are going to forget this experience in like two weeks oh for sure like I, me also knowing like this is the add society like you know that's like one scroll one tweet away of yeah. like people forgetting and that's the scary part but you know, hopefully, like, I, that's why I have, like, tend to have, like, these kind of different, like, little moral obligations to be, like, if I have to be that guy, like, let me be that guy. Like, like I, I don't I don't see the problem with, like, trying to champion certain things like that. So hopefully do you think, it happens. Do you think that artists in general are have a higher propensity for empathy? Is that a correlation so. that you would sign off on? Or do you think it's just, it's just evenly distributed through well, society? Well, I would say for the most part, yes. But then a lot of the times, you will be surprised. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, uh, I, I would tend to fall on the side of a purist, you know, I don't really like, you know, I will, I will let my intentions know. I will let you know my intentions right away. Yeah. You know, um, some artists really care more about the money than the art and not to say that I don't like making some money while I'm sitting up here wearing two gold chains, <laughs> <laughs> but like there is something that's deeper than just making money. You know, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there is a, we all are trying to obtain some kind of wealth, but some artists don't understand that wealth is not always financial gain. Wow. That's a bar. I love that. You know, and then I think wealth could be a lot of things like, you know, not to like, not to be sappy again, but like, you know, what are you doing in like, what are you doing for your community? What are you doing for the places you live? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, what do you, how does your, how does your mother, what did your mother think about you? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. like weird things like that. It was actually really more, more important to me sometimes. Um, and then I think I'm not, I'm not saying a lot of artists don't have that. I, I see a lot of artists that do. And every time I see that kind of stuff, like it, it just, you know, warms my heart. But then I also see a lot of the stuff that like, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to think that you can make money in an industry, but then like you can end up turning your, your art into something that's completely not even art anymore. Yeah. I feel you know? that. And I, it reminds me of something I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is that like the difference between the words confidence and ego like there's this weird chasm between those two it's words huge. where they're like, they seem related in your mind. We're like, Oh, so, someone's super confident. But when it gets to a level of like ego, ego is actually a weakness. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism because you actually lack confidence. Yeah. So they're like almost opposites, yeah. even though they feel so close. Yeah. And I think some artists, you know, rare the rare bad apples are the ones that like slide into more of an ego versus versus like a being confident in their message the weird thing about instagram is that you have to you scroll or like just the internet in general um like instagram twitter or like or any kind of any kind of like you know app where you're seeing like or, or being exposed to that like you have to kind of make these kind of moral morally ethical decisions about like things you see within like five seconds sometimes while you're yeah, scrolling through it it's true so like like I think a lot of it being on it, being using a lot of this stuff for such a long time now, 
I feel more mentally like, you know, I want to say callous the most, but like I would say prepared to just kind of like, eh, I yeah. don't need to see that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then really invest more of my time into things that like, you know, that that are I could tell that if somebody's putting something that's way with something that's with more substance and, and intention into. The yeah, that's, I can't stress that's a that good word point. Enough. And I think as social media matures, I've also had to readjust my relationship with it. Yeah. Especially this year when we're all kind of like our like one of my only social interactions was, you know, these online digital spaces. I some of my favorite nights were like playing Call of Duty. With, Hell yeah. You know, this, but that's all happening online in these like metaverse spaces and social media is like that too. Yeah. So I feel like coming out of this, I should personally and and maybe a suggestion for others is like renegotiate your relationship with social media. A hundred percent. Because these things are like you know, humans are such social creatures that social media is naturally like hyper addictive because we are like built to read social cues in these like, and we're built to scan things visually. We're built to have status games that we play in our yeah. in communities. And like, I really don't want that to be how I move through the world. It's like trying to play that game. Yeah. I want to move more towards what you were saying, which is like people with intention and like depth of character, depth of thought, and like doing real things for the right reasons. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a hard balance, dude. Like I'm none like none of it is like trying to sound like put myself on a pedestal. Like I, I I hate when like sometimes like I wake up in the morning and then I just end up side scrolling for hours. Like what am I doing for two hours? I've just been side scrolling the yeah. same three apps. So like that's annoying. You know, you know what's the worst? And I'll, <laughs> I'll admit this fully. Just like, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can uh, can kind of like identify with this, but. Just scrolling past the same stuff again. Oh yeah, this and is you're worse. like, "What am I doing?" I was like, "Twitter." Why did me. I open this app again? Like, I already saw this piece of it's like I'm content. It's like I'm going outside. Like at least let me go to the bodega or something like that, and yeah. just like talk to like you know yeah. <laughs> the drunk dude on the corner <laughs> that I love. Like <laughs> at least give like some human interaction, to like kind of like break me out of the matrix for a little bit, you know, and kind of get grounded again. Yeah, I think that we are gonna enter a roaring twenties because yeah. there's so much pent up social energy. Yeah. Like, can you imagine just like being on a summer street in Soho? There's somebody, there's a jazz band on the corner. There's people just standing around vibing. Like this is all about to unfold in New York. Yeah, honestly, it's, uh, you can, you can kind of every, every warm day in New York, you can just see like everybody's just losing their mind. Like it's slowly getting there. But, like everybody knows that you can kind of, you know, it's like kind of getting to somewhat some kind of normalcy or or, or whatever that means. Just yeah, like a new normal. Yeah, the new normal. Yeah, which is going to be a lot of outside. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of. Um, it's going to feel more Europe European. Like it kind of does already. Europe and it's like by the end of the night, like the biggest party in town is like in the town square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's something kind of beautiful about that. I love it. And that's how Washington Square Park has felt through this pandemic. It's a rager, dude. Yeah, it's been like a rave, (laughs) um, which is really interesting. And I've seen met some very questionable characters (laughs) over there. But I remember the night that uh, I could say the night that Biden won, but I'm I'm gonna say the night that Trump lost. (laughs) That sounds way better. better. (laughs) That sounds better. (laughs) The night that Trump lost officially was one of the craziest nights of my life in Washington Square Park documenting just the, everyone's just like it was a collective sigh of relief and it was like everyone's fed up from being isolated for eight months or however yeah. long it had been yeah and those two things coinciding those variables again intersecting created one of those moments that I'll remember for the rest of my life I, and I, I remember seeing you out there yeah we we um I think we had a shot of like Hennessy or something you had. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was it was one of those nights. Like I remember that there was it felt like there was seven different clubs happening. There was like the Bachata Club. There was like yeah. the EDM Club. There was like a, a hip hop cipher. There was like break dancing. Yeah, it was like a fortune teller dude. It like, was so New York, man. <laughs> it was so much. It was so New York. It was so active. But like, people were running in the, the fountain and jumping in the fountain. And like it was like pretty much like an audition. Like who wants to go in there next? It was just like, yeah, those are like just one of those moments of like, I, yeah, I definitely wasn't on my phone, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like I, I got to enjoy 
a very human night exactly of just like real connection and and then you know be able to document it and like yeah. document it freely and you know like without that kind of like you know thought of anything else besides like man like what else is going to happen around the next corner and like yeah i don't know what time i don't know if i got home that night i don't know how i'm even having this conversation <laughs> <laughs> but that was such a crazy but in, in incredibly enjoyable uh experience and I'm, I'm honestly i was happy that we was bumping into the homies dude like, yeah. was so sick let me throw something at you because we're talking about new york i have this philosophy that all of life on earth is part of one giant organism basically okay um and if you look at then you like you could kind of subdivide that into the different species are all like different parts of that one body in the same way that organs and like cells are like we're, we're also worlds of organisms that yeah. work together and create a thing i dig it um so when i think about new york it it's like a it's like the beating heart of humanity like in a way like in this cultural way but also like in this physical way of like people flowing in and out of it like yeah. like there's a literal pulse yeah to the city and it, it represents this like collective consciousness um on a cultural level and like on just like a uh human level like there's actually an animation of the population of new york throughout a normal day yeah. obviously pre-covid but like it shows like in a graph the numbers like literally beating like a heart. It's like, as people rush in for work, as people rush out. So I guess my question to That's you crazy. is like, what do you think about that idea? And also, what do you love about New York? I Why is that, New York it? The, the way that you articulated it, I think that's honestly a really beautiful way to put it. You know, um, it's weird when you're, when you're growing up, like being born and raised in New York, like I, you go through like different levels of appreciation the way I would kind of describe it is that, you know, I grew up with nothing but New Yorkers. And then at, at a certain point, nobody was from New York anymore. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, I had to, you know, kind of reassess and also like not reassess, you know, my way of thinking, but also just, you know, open my, open my mind a little bit mm -hmm. and just really appreciate like everything that you were kind of mentioning. Uh, one of the movies I would kind of mention or bring up is like Gangs in New York. I love that movie. It's like yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. And then everything that they were doing in that movie has a lot of like, you know, you know, a lot of like synergy of what, what's going on. <laughs> like not obviously that as barbaric sometimes or sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes not. But, you know, the New York is a, a big family. And then there is like this weird kind of sense of, uh, sense of like there's a, a moral clause that we all have with each other that like once we all decide to like do this together that like you can see that kind of unity yeah. and I ne I don't not to say that it doesn't exist in other places because a hundred percent does like you know being being a New Yorker I also grew up being a biased New Yorker so I thought that New York was the best place in the world yeah. for, <laughs> forever I still do but I also been been blessed to travel and see that that same kind of energy and love is in other places but New York it just resonates differently yeah I feel um, like. there's just a level of it's camaraderie and it's like it's it almost seems like it's a function of density yeah like when you have to live so close in proximity to so many other people you got to stick together a bit that's where the word empathy comes in again yeah you know there's so many things that like i help out people in my community and my and, and like in my head that i just don't i'm not posting on social media yeah you know what i mean like but like and it's the same for vice versa. Like, you yeah. know, I'm not posting every time that, like, you know, the dude at the bodega gives me like a free sandwich and tell me he's like, you know, yeah. don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, but that stuff is real. Like, you know, like yeah. we've exchanged like real, emo like real, like energy, real, like, you know, real thoughts, yeah. real love. Like when people pass away, like we share that same kind of pain, you yeah. know, like it's a, it's a, it's a, we are a family. Even though sometimes like, I would probably call them all like, you know, Papa or, or uncle or like yeah. cuzzo or something like that. But I, I'm using even fam family monikers because like, I'm not referencing you besides anything else to know that like you're, you're that special to me Yeah, and I'm not taking that for granted. You know, I, yeah, I think it is a privilege to be cool with, you know, people and especially cool on that level other. with people. Yeah. Hell yeah. And all these like little gestures that like ripple around and it goes back to this idea of like those stones. Like if you can like, just quickly make someone's day like once a day and some someone different every day like if you just do something it so takes nothing sometimes you could just smile at somebody the right way and it would like that would change the trajectory of that person's entire day i i'm really big on respect you yeah. know it could, and respect is free 
if I can go anywhere in the world and just show you some respect, like it just, and then you show that back to me, we can have, we can, I don't, we don't have to speak the same language, bro. Like we just can have that mutual respect that we, it could just get so much far. And I think for the most part, New Yorkers have that level of mutual respect. Yeah. You know? when it, especially when it really matters. It, it's a currency for us. Yeah. And because once you lose someone respect in New York, it goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. There's ripple effects. Like you would hear yeah. about like, oh, did you hear about this dude? Or did oh, you hear yeah. about her? Like, nah, they been moving walkie in the street, man. I can't fuck with him like that. <laughs> it's a real thing yeah. you know and then like you know i'm just always very cognizant of that and that's why i love it so much and i'm i'm honestly just so grateful and honored to be born and raised from new york you know i'd rather not be from anywhere else yeah you're doing good things for the city too man like, this is this is my baby you and nico, <laughs> you and nico too like i love nico's approach to new york yeah hell yeah no, honestly shout nico, out new york nico nico but nico's been able to do and and throughout this time in the city and the, and the projects that we got to work on together um, they've been something that's just been really like one of those things that I could look back and forever be proud of, like yeah. with the MTA project and everything that he's Huge. put together and produced for that. And and then the New York Knicks commercial that we produced together and put, uh, I was a photographer for that one and, and help, uh, help get some people on set. That was, um, those are just insanely kind of impactful things that, you know, I just hope that like, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm always thinking about immortality. Like, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, not to be morbid, like, I hope that like people know that I was trying to really put on for my city every yeah. single day. You know, well, I mean? dude, I think that's very, very much clear. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> but I need my, I need my Rockefeller chain. Where's Jay Z? <laughs> Jay Z, are you listening? <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's he subscribes. <laughs> actually, actually, Beyonce subscri uh, subscribes. Oh, dope, perfect. So I can ask both of them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's hilarious, man. I, I'm really like you are one of those people that like. There's been so many. You know, it's been a long road for us, man, like know, through dude. all this weird Internet art world stuff that's all unfolding. And like some people, I think like the people who are really about it for the right reasons are still around. Yeah, 100 percent. And then a lot of people like, you know, it was it was more of like a, a game about attention. And when that wanes, what do you it's have? not like it's not interesting. The community isn't interesting to you anymore. And so like you're like, yeah, I'll have to go do something else. But for us and like, you know, our whole little crew i call it a band of pirates this all ships thing too. Pretty much. And street dreams and everything it's just like i don't know I'm, I'm glad we're all still like super close and still building on new crazy ideas and i'm i'm really like so glad to know you and and be able to like work with you and, and like have all these ideas and like i'm remembering like nights we had in tokyo and like i'm just so man. grateful man and cuba dude cuba tokyo we sound like james bond villains dude like yeah. just bouncing all over the world <laughs> just doing random taking photos of random things and just enjoying life it's it's been a it's, yeah it's just been a lot to kind of take in all over the years and like especially trying to get to going into like these you know all these different new kind of digital spaces but like you know we i feel like you know i wouldn't you know I've, i don't think that we really got we got to a point to be able to like to be you know even like where you are but like with like people like you know people like you and 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 everyone else that we've been running with for so long so yeah you know i just really like the big thing the big thing i'm just really hoping for and and especially in the in these future digital spaces is that like we just keep on moving with intention and and we can keep on doing all the same things that we've been preaching about ever since yeah. we started like this in the first place like, we, we we really taken this uh, Street Dreams Cafe concept very seriously. Um, stepping into the space that we're about to uh, stepping into the NFT space in a couple of weeks, uh, finally. And you know, a lot of it is based off all, all the love and like you know, and and outlook that we've been putting out and the and just sharing game with each other, but like yeah. making sure that it's actual constructive game. Like yeah, exactly. All of that stuff has been what we've been doing for the past like eight nine years. You yeah. know, so you know, hopefully that we could just keep on doing that and you know, and just keep on creating like just a like, fire art, bro. Yeah. Like that's all I want to do. Just like a sick art all day. Like a, that's what's like so cool about when art, <laughs> when art mingles with technology because technology moves exponentially. So if like, if you're an artist riding this wave of technology, it just goes faster and faster and faster and faster. And like, basically your task is to stay in the interesting, like fringes on the front of it. And then like, it, it's a cool playground, a new playground like every day. Cause you're like, yeah. oh wait, what? You can do that now? That's crazy. Exactly. Like I'm so excited for augmented reality to be like everywhere. 
That, like they, there's gonna be a layer like our, we're gonna have glasses or contacts and there's gonna be a layer over everything and i'm gonna be like yo steve check out this picture and it'll like beam it to your glasses to display on the wall yeah that, like that, we're a few years away from that. that that's pretty much like maybe like a year and six months or something yeah. like insane like that i mean even like just thinking about the uh the dj premiere and uh and uh, dj premiere project with the uh, with the air the air the ar joint where they put on the we pasting oh like, yeah that's incredible dude like that, i think that's so like if that's pretty much where it's turning into a point where like you could have just functional art that's everyday art that you see in the street but then it, it adds another layer of complexity to yeah. it that it's something that you're doing already you know what i mean phones are a stepping stone yeah towards that world where like it's funny we think these phones are so like oh like they are they're technologically they're tools yeah, but they're technologically incredible obviously Insane. but we're going to look back at them like newspapers in like 10 years like the fact that everyone's like looking down at this little screen as opposed to just like they have this kind of like orbit of like information around them at all times i think it'll be i think that will definitely be the future yeah for sure. um but i feel like in the moment we never like recognize that that's how quick things change yeah that, even I to think, have this iphone that i have right now five years ago i would be like no you're you're lying it's insane like, like 4k video at 120 frames a second or whatever like i'm looking at i'm looking <laughs> at my my phone now like before like i have what this is like the 12 I don't know what this thing is. 12 Pro Max Plus K thing. I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> but it has three lenses on the back of it, which doesn't sound that crazy now. But back in the day, that was an iPhone attachment called like an alo clip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That was a whole thing that you could rotate the lenses. And yeah. like and it seemed that that was it, it seemed like revolutionary. That and was like the now, game shark for Instagram, dude. That was like 2012. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe 2013. That's when the coat the cheat codes are built into the and then Accessory. you had <laughs> straight up he's like what is that on your phone man yeah. like what do you have there like it's like oh i got this wide i can get this wide angle shot now <laughs> like dude i had this straight there was a straight game shark and then now that like, you have it built into the phone yeah so i mean like and it, a 200 millimeter telephoto lens <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that <laughs> i've like taken pictures of the moon on my iphone handheld at night and i'm just like okay that's good enough it's, and that's insane it's actually it insane. is cool it it does democratize creativity to a certain degree obviously not everybody has an iphone but just the fact that so many more people have access to creative tools like actually i think is like building a, a creator economy that is you know a higher percentage of the population is now a creative mm -hmm. than was ever possible before it must be right? access yeah you know that was the big thing even for us getting in for me getting into the space and the early part of like with the 2010s you know it was the access level yeah the, for the first time like it didn't really seem that crazy to like you know buy like a crazy camera right. you know when you could get a phone you know exactly it, yeah. was just, it seemed way more logical towards like just my everyday life you know like it was at, at the time when I was, i'm like working at gamestop i was like i don't need to have a camera bro i can have for the for the you know pay my rent you know I'm can we, i want to hear because i've heard you talk about your gamestop origins before mm. and can you just describe like what it was like working at gamestop and like oh the day God. you got to leave and like Dude. why you decided that you needed to pursue a creative Bruh. career at all costs Bruh. Just tell, tell that story real Honestly, quick. I'm gonna grab was... us. I'm gonna grab us a little more wine. Ooh, that's cute. Oh, that's a fancy day. The wave. Um, but honestly, GameStop was my college. You know, I like not to get all sobby and stuff. But the reason why I dropped out of college is because like I got mugged. You know, I got. I was walking home from work from Green Acres. A anybody who lives in like that Queens Long Island area, Valley Stream area, Green Acres like from Rosedale is pretty much like Long Island and Queens are, are so close. It's like pretty much a couple of blocks away. So I, I was walking home from work and like these suckers basically like just jumped me out of a bush. Nah, they jumped out of a bush basically while I was walking home and like hit me with a sock full of rocks. So like, man, my face is all crazy. I still have three metal plates in my face to this day. Like my lip is still like partially numb and all that. Damn. That was like when I was 18. That's so, awful, man. So like, you know, you see how my personality is already. Like, you know, I was, I was, I soaked and I moped a little bit, but like, you know, I will never forget. Like, I was in the hospital. And my cousin was like, "Man, he's like, man, they, he's like, man, they messed you up." <laughs> and I just started dying laughing, and uh, you know, I just started feeling sorry for myself as much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was still cognizant of it. I would look in the mirror and be like, "Man, like, you know, this is rough." But like, you know, I, I, I rehabilitated. But I didn't want to go back to college after that. Like, I didn't want to be like Quasimodo sitting in college. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't with that. So I started to go out to work all the time. So I used to get all these crazy temp jobs. And then 
I used to get the crazy temp drops because that was like pre the first recession, like this, like 2008, you know, like I'm 34 years old. So like, this is like, I'm like 21, 22. I'm working in the city. Like I'm feeling good, you know, born and raised in New York and working in the city. Like my mom, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I felt good. And yeah, then the recession happened and I'm like, I couldn't get a job anymore because all the college degrees, I mean, all the kids with the college degrees got all those like little, little, little temp jobs they used to got. Right. So and those temp jobs weren't great. You know what I mean? Like I, w- I was licking envelopes at MTV yeah. for like six hours one day. <laughs> like I've done you really such oddball jobs. <laughs> like, no sponge. I was like, they brought the sponge at the end. They're going to get you a sponge with a little bowl of water, man. I can't be licking that many envelopes. I was like, man, I'm out here. My mouth mad dry. Just give me cups of water. Um, so eventually I couldn't get those jobs at a temp agency, even though they pay pretty well. And one of the last resorts I really had to, to go to was like GameStop. Um, so I started working at, I went to the GameStop on 34th street and Herald square. So if anybody goes to the 34th street, Herald square GameStop, like and you look at that store, like I definitely worked in there for like three and a half years. <laughs> I know that one. I've been for there. sure. The two floor one, I definitely worked in that store. And then also I went back from the 34th street store. There was a, a GameStop in the Manhattan mall for a little bit. So I worked, sometimes I worked over there for a little bit. And then I, the other uh, part of my time at my GameStop history was working at the 14th street store at union square. So I worked at the two biggest like GameStop locations in like in, in America, which sounds wow. like cool, but it, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was absolutely terrible. Um, but it was the job itself was terrible because, you know, I already have a problem with authority. I don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah. But especially when there's these weird subliminal, like, you know, tones and work all the time mm-hmm. i don't have i don't have to i don't want to make it a race thing all the time but it just happens with people who have power sometimes yeah, yeah. and i don't like that yeah but i loved working with like the people working there and then like the customers were crazy yeah you know i would have the craziest <laughs> customers of all time like i remember customers with there was a one dude who would come into the store who would just lay down in the middle of the store and read final Fa- final fantasy strategy guides you know oh what i mean <laughs> there used to be a lady who comes in who tried to sell turtles <laughs> you know there would be a Crackhead oh. will come in like every other two weeks to try to steal like the Cabela big game hunting on top. <laughs> it was such it was such a crazy time, but it was so fun though, dude. It was really, really fun. And that just taught me a lot how to like deal with, you know, I, even though I was a New Yorker born and bred, like I was still like a Brooklyn, a Brooklyn and Queens kid who grew up around predominantly black and Spanish people, you know, right. um, junior high school was really diverse for me. Like, I grew up, I had a bunch of like Jewish friends and stuff like if you go grow up in Northern Queens, like you would definitely have Jewish friends. Like, like we had, so I had like Jewish friends, Indian friends, like, you know, Chinese friends, Asian friends and all that they stuff. They walked so I could, I could run. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely flipped some book bags back in the day, but it was all out of love, you know, on that cheese bus. But, um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I've had, I had the experience with it, especially when my pops being um, a contractor, like he had uh, Italian homies and Irish homies and yeah. like, you know, dealing with a bunch of different clients all the time. But the GameStop experience was like my own, like by myself experiencing it. Like there's no, nobody else, but like me yeah. to like kind of deal with all of it. And it was, it was incredible. It's like some days, were, some days were rough and other days was, it was really dope. I yeah. mean, and like I, uh, I transferred to the, I worked at the GameStop on 34th street for a long time and I, they kicked me out of that store or, or transferred me because I was always talking to people all the time. I was definitely a chatterbox. And they they switched me to the 14th Street store, and um, I basically got fired at that store. <laughs> and then, uh, but I worked at like a Why'd total you get like fired? three and a half. <sighs> the dude asked me to work on Christmas Eve, oh. and then I told, and then he, they went through this whole speech about like, oh, we're not gonna have anybody work on Christmas Eve, and blah 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 blah. I don't even celebrate yeah. Christmas, by the way. I don't even care. <laughs> but like, it's just the principle of like, you told us that we we're supposed to have off, yeah. And then I let him have it. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And if anybody who knows me or doesn't know me, <laughs> I have a tendency of telling people off a little bit. <laughs> so I definitely showed him like, you know, that I was uh, not feeling that. And that was then the it, day the game stopped. The games really stopped. <laughs> that was a bar. That was some nah shit. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, like, you know, I was just tired of like, you know, people trying to micromanage me and, and then, and, and make me feel like I wasn't worth it. Like I had a really good reputation and then not, not to like to my own horn, but like the customers in the store that pulled up anybody who from that time yeah. knew that I looked out, I was the customer's first person yeah. always, you know what I mean? And the management hated that, you know, but I've always was like, this is, they're way more important because they're going to keep on coming back. Yeah. But it you reflects your, you're, you're like rooted in community as a person. It's always been like that. I'm going to show like, I don't care yeah. if the district manager's coming in there. I'm talking to like my homie who's been buying like yeah, years exactly. of war for the past three. I'll yeah. talk to you when we finish talking, you know, yeah. and I've always been like that, you know, and then, you know, 
I just needed to get to a dynamic that where that was way more respected. That right. I and that's care. the creative kind of creative career that you built for yourself is like you are literally hired to go out and get those stories from people and interact with people and document their lives and their moments. Yeah. And so what was your what's like the general arc of when you first started taking photos into like being able to actually like start getting paid for that stuff and like actually finding your success? It was all like kind of mixed up when I uh, like me uh, like, you know, liking and loving a bunch of different stuff. Like one of the things I tried to be before, like a photographer was like a and r if you will, like yeah, creative yeah. director. And uh, I had to, I'm even mentioning this dude's name. He should be happy in the first place, not to sound like that guy, but like he's still a crumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I used to work with this uh, rapper named Hefner Guap, right? And then he basically at the time he needed, he needed a, uh, he didn't, not only he needed like a creative director and A&R, like a kind of like a road manager, like all these kind of things under one, but like we would like make music together with one of my other homies who's, who, who used to make beats. And I will always have input on like the beats and like what kind of bars it is and all that kind of stuff like that. And it really helped like, you know, build his, this guy's career up because he was supposed to be on Smokers Club with like Johnny Shipes and all these dudes and all that stuff back, like, you know, all like this hip hop underground scene mm -hmm. and back in the day. And I was working a lot with him. And at first it was straight being like this A&R creative director, kind of like bootleg version of it. But then one day we went outside to like, uh, he wanted to shoot a video with his own kind of camera. He was like, you know, do you want to take the photos? I'm like, all right, I guess so. Yeah. You know, I mean, like he's climbing on the gate and doing all this crazy randomness. And Sounds like, like an instant meet. <laughs> pretty much is an instant meet. It was like a 2010 like instant meet or something like that. <laughs> and like, you know, he's doing all this crazy stuff, but I'm taking photos, but I have experience from like, you know, taking fit pics, you know, yeah. taking family photos from right, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. And then honestly, I'm playing a lot of video games. If I, me playing so many video games, like it does teach you. If you don't, if, if you, a lot of people who play video games religiously, you can most likely pick up and figure some things out. Yeah, because you, know, be like, you are good at, yeah, it's like manipulating the controls, but also like 3D worlds are built with like lighting in mind yeah, and, yeah. and like structure and yeah. framing, like every frame in Red Dead Redemption is like a perfect frame. Yeah, exactly. So like as soon as I pick up the camera, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of Red Dead Redemption. I'm thinking of yeah. like Zelda. I'm thinking of like Resident Evil 4. I'm thinking yeah. about Gears of War. I'm thinking about all the games I've already played. And on top of that, like, let me just learn the buttons. Yeah. You know, as soon as I learn the buttons on the camera, yeah. it's a wrap. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then that's pretty much like my first real interaction with the camera story that I don't really talk about all the time because like that dude's a crumb. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's the, but I am really thankful for that experience because like, you know, that really brought me out of my box yeah. to really help me uh, bring me into a foray that like, you know, was a really thing based off of like, you know, understanding the buttons and also bu building my confidence, you mm -hmm. know, it's like I, I needed to finally put the cartridge into the system, you know, and then like, yeah, and then like that pretty much was the precursor for a lot of it. And then once I did that, like it really opened up my eyes towards like, like not only that I was already playing around with Instagram, so right. I was already kind of familiar with it, but that camera. You know uh, this got me thinking about is like, I'm just thinking about all of our trajectories as photographers, especially through Instagram and stuff like that. Instagram is like a cool, like, gamified training ground for photographers. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. But again, on the other side, you can't be, you can't take it too seriously because it'll destroy your brain. Yeah. Like, like the yeah. likes and yeah. algorithm and like. The, that you can't take seriously. All of us, I feel like all of only us focus are on aware of it. Yeah. The, I will not be a hypocrite to say that I'm not aware of that and I also would not be a hypocrite to say that I have like these certain kind of on my own kind of personal numbers in my head that I don't want to go lower than yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but we, after but after that, honestly, I really don't care. You know, yeah, I have to love what I'm putting up. Period. You know, I if I don't love it, I'm not really. I'm not really. What am I doing? You know, yeah. Like, the, what does you got to really be able to, like you got to be able to stand behind your work. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then a lot of people, some people just don't care about that. But then like all, the reason why we gravitate towards a lot of, our, you know, our homies is that we care about what we're putting up there. And then like, we've always kind of been like that. I mean, the, my first Instagram post was like a Quasimodo photo behind a Grateful Dead tapestry. And then I really <laughs> yeah. thought, but I holding like my, my, uh, my Mad Lib Quasimodo toy and, um, and my, the Grateful Dead tapestry. And I, th I, th I, th I was really proud of that photo, dude. Is like, that photo still on your account? Hell no. <laughs> like, I just deleted, gone. <laughs> you know that I, I've never deleted like 
I shouldn't delete it. I thought about it the other day. I, I just was like, it. I'm just gonna leave it up because I want people to be able to scroll back and just see the whole journey. I feel like a, I feel like but a it's crumb crazy. Now. I it, honestly feel like a big crumb for doing that. <laughs> but like, I was, I was probably stoned when I did that. No, it's cool to curate your portfolio too. It's like it's a whole another yeah way to use the platform. But then that's crazy. I just did that before the archive feature was even real. You know, there was no archiving back then. It was just oh, delete. Yeah. what humble beginnings for instagram that's crazy oh my god dude it's like the i feel like instagram is the closest thing to the visual cortex of the collective consciousness i was talking about Mm. it really is to get but it depends on what it depends on what side like what what side of the the brain you want to look at it yeah i guess you're right because it just really falls into different it falls into different places you know what i mean like um you could end up looking at you. You could just end up hating everything. Sometimes you yeah. look at the, the internet, and the other times you're like, "Man, that was a great day on the internet." More recently, I'm almost, I'm like a so, I'm so astounded by the level of talent that people have that it's like almost overwhelming. I've like discovered so many new artists through this like. You did a really dope job with that, dude. Oh uh, yeah, honestly, through all ships. And stuff. Let's break it up. Break it away from like the photography. The photography like this social construct like we're only photographers like i i hate that for us you know yeah. i think that we need to i think we like we love art in general right so like well actually we yeah that's a good that that's a good segue into something i did want to bring up which is like you're such a multi-hyphenate like you you just produced a beat tape yeah you you know you creative direct like illustration stuff you do project like all sorts of different projects and bigger idea things so why is that important to you as like a creative why do you want to go bigger and and what's like your dream for you know where do you where you could get to with this stuff man my dream to get to this stuff like that's that's so much but for me it's just really important not to like pigeonhole myself i don't the term putting all your eggs in one basket like that is not me my eggs are all over the place. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they're under the bed, they're in the closet, they're freezer, they're some down the block. You know what I mean? It's pretty much Easter all the time. <laughs> you know, I um, I'm just really always aware of burning out from one thing too much, and I I think the burnout is so real sometimes. And then like some some people have the mental capacity to only focus on photography or mm-hmm. or only focus on on pottery or whatever it is. But for me, for, for me to be mentally happy and and stable and satisfied is to tap into all the things that I love. And I generally love music, you know, art, architecture, food. Mm. Well, I don't like eating food all the time. I just like the presentation of it. You know, I'm really skinny. I'm a picky eater, but you know, I like, I like food. I do like food. Um, Food's good. (laughs) (laughs) You've established Um, But I just really love tapping into like the the culture and the human nature of of everything that comes with the human experience. Yeah. And then why pigeonhole myself just to photography? Right. The more that I could put my digital footprint and just my overall footprint in the world of all the things I love, I feel like that leads me to a sense of immortality that's way deeper than photography. Wow. And I just think that's I'm always really aware of that. I think you're right. It's like and it's one of my favorite things to watch is you like exploring all these different avenues and taking it in so many different directions, like even at the very outset with Street Dreams starting you know, you were at a time when everyone was just focused on like social media platforms and anything. You're like, no, I want to make this a mag. Like you're like, I want to make this a physical product. Yeah. And so like from the earliest days, you've always been taking it a step further. So that's something I really admire. And it's, it's cool to see. And it's, I think also, it's influenced me. Like there would be no all ships without street dreams, bro. That's crazy. That's always crazy to hear. It always was super humbling to hear that also. I mean, it's just true. Just growing up in New York, I've always is a super competitive environment and I love it, you know? And you have to learn that the comp- the competition is not always built on a uh, on malice. It's built on like being be- making yourself better. Yeah, you know the like, the big thing back back in the day was like being fly and like you know not having like crusty sneakers and like you know making sure like did you hear the new G Unit freestyle or something like that? Yeah. Like, did you hear the new D Block record or something like? Did you hear the new Jay Z record? Like you Be- always being caught up on the culture. It's a sense of discovery. Yeah, always wrapped up in the sense of discovery and also this the sense of like you know being better and doing better so like every time that everybody gets kind of comfortable in something like i get immediately uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know because it's like why are we so comfortable if we're not in a better situation like we need to think bigger yeah forever (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like there's no stopping to thinking bigger like ideas are are part of my life so much that i'm worried about execution yeah the ideas just come all the time right like literally 
be, I love talking to people about rent, like literally anything. Be, if you open up a bagel shop, I could sit there and, the, yeah, and then sit there and let, let's go. Like you, if you are, are a dude that's cleaning toilets, I got ideas for bagel like, shops. I could, I could give you like real fire cleaners on like on, on like cleaning toilets. Like I used to be a custodian. You yeah. know, what I, mean? I can really tap into all forms of life. Like it's not just I see art and everything. Yeah. So like why like you know just single myself. And off you're a it. curious dude, and like you you like to like discover and and uncover different parts of the world too. Yeah, and it always relates back to my work. So I always find weird ways that still relate it back to my photography and it gives me a deeper level of appreciation for whatever I'm shooting. So, yeah. like, you know, if I'm, if I'm being more aware of, you know, just any kind of situation, like it just heightens you to be more alert for it. Like this is somebody's telling you like a, if somebody tells you like about the show that you need to watch that you never heard of and all of a sudden you see like the ad for it. It's more, yeah, it's the same kind of concept that I'm kind of working on my own, my own brain. Yeah. That's, that's incredible, man. I love that explanation. It got me thinking too, like there, I feel like we're all creativity is a language in which there's never like full fluency. Mm. Cause it's infinite because the second a new technology or like technique or idea arrives, it multiplies it by every other possibility and it's new again. And so like, if you're, if you truly dedicate yourself to a creative life, then you basically get to have this long learning journey where you never master. Like, I don't even believe in the word like mastery. Like there's nothing more to learn. There's always more to learn. This is, is like, we will always be students. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I like to think about it like uh, every time they've like, you know, one of the things that like the, one of the big accomplishments for like that I had in my life was getting in the New York Times like back in 2015. Right. Yep. And then the, I cried like a baby, you know, on Myrtle and Broadway, uh, like cried like a baby. But then soon the minute that I got into my house, I noticed like I don't want to be we can't stop dude like yeah. this there's no way that i would have like the one crowning achievement in my in my life which is a good one be this 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 is going to be it you know yeah it's the why, first step. why settle yeah it's the you first know? step on a long journey settling is so easy yeah. i'm not settling until i'm in the grave you yeah. know then pretty much like i just won't well yeah i mean i see you continue to push the boundaries everywhere you go i'm excited for all your projects Let's wrap up this conversation with one question. I kind of, this is how I wrap up my interviews for all ships as well, because I think this is such a valuable question to get different people's perspectives on. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for somebody that's earlier on their creative path that is like either on the fence or in a situation where they know in their heart, they want to live a creative life. They want their career to be creative. They don't like the corporate structure or they don't, you know, they're just in a situation where they're thinking about pursuing creativity. What advice would you give to them or like a younger version of yourself? You know, you can think of it either way. The advice that I would give to them or my younger self would first be make a very conscious decision on the attention of what you want to do. You know, like, why do you want to do this? You know, the, the big thing for me is like, I had to find what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing that, the 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 first like one of the first things I like I uh, I actually loved to do was to take photos like that was the first time that I felt like it was it was effortless and it was free and it made me feel like it made me feel good about it. The next thing I feel like I had to learn was like what are the three things that I like that I could really hone in on, and mm -hmm. then that takes that takes time you know and that's a really a real experience and what I've coming to find out for me was like I love black and white photos I love you know like street photography and like my neighborhood in general and community. And, and, and I love, I love empowering people, you know, I love making something that feels sentimental, you know, and then I try to hone in those three, on those three things. Right. And then I've been able to hone in me being able to hone in those three things and monetize those three, uh, like, you know, those three different level of emotions through my work over time has been able to not only give me some kind of stability and a kind of creative identity, but at the same time, give me a level of intention and purpose that I, I never feel wavered, you know, yeah. no, no, no matter what person comes into my world to offer me any kind of money, I know what I want to, I know what I want to represent. And then now, like, since I've been so adamant and fighting for that, that I don't have to even explain that. Half the yeah. Time. That's you know great. what I mean? And then that's what the whole fight is about in the and first it's, place. It's also like, if you can identify the things that you want to do on a daily basis and then make that your work, you never work a day again. 
Nothing really feels like work. Yeah. I'm not saying the stress doesn't leave. I'm definitely you know, stressed there's, out. Yeah, there's definitely stress. But yeah, but like at a, least you could do what you love. I was yeah. like, I mean, I was putting up empty games in GameStop. <laughs> you know how stupid that sounds, bro? Like that makes no sense. I was a black dude selling tents in the REI. Like you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was a custodian. I worked at McDonald's. Dude. You know, I've I've done so many things that I know that I don't want to do right. that I don't need to compromise on that. Yeah. So. I don't want to compromise on the things that I love to do. Yeah. Well, that's great advice, Steve. And you know, I love you, man. I'm so proud of all the work you've put in in your life already. And I'm so eager to see how your future unfolds. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And I'm excited to share this with the world. Dave the Wave, you're the man. (laughs) I, you know, want to say I love you too. And uh, and everything that you're doing with your platform has been really impressive and and it's uh, really well thought out and and you're putting a lot of effort into it. And I think that's really important. Oh, thank you, man. Um, so I know that this is going to go very far as well, too. And uh, catch We're, us at the seaport this summer. Yeah. Can we just plug, first of all, can we plug that? And can you tell people the best places to connect with you, like online? Oh, yeah. So the, definitely want to give a, a full shout out to uh, Maria Morgan and Mike C., for all the hard work that we've been doing for this uh, curating for our big show, our first really big show in a long time at the South Street Seaport this summer. The show is called Celebrating the Winds. So I think that's a really good time for all of us to come out in the summer and celebrate the winds Mm -hmm. together. So that's going to be from May 14th until July 23rd. And that's going to be presented by, you know, by Street Dreams Magazine. And um, that's going to be also the initial launch of Steve's Flea Market. So I'm opening up my first real, <laughs> my real pop-up store. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a real store forever. Um, but Steve's Flea Market is going to be a store where you could buy um, like all really kind of cool stuff from all my friends and homies that that's are amazing, in my world. Dude. You know what I mean? So that's that's coming this summer. Yeah, You can always catch me at uh, well, Wait for These Trucks to Pass By. You know, this is Brooklyn Ambiance vibes. <laughs> um, but you can always catch me on uh, Steve Sweatpants at uh, Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and also you can always email me, Steve at streetdreams.co, that's CO. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out the album, Celestial Autobound. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. I love it. Shout out to Kadeem for doing that. He did his thing in Neon Retro Future. My boys from Barcelona, they they did an incredible job. So thank you for checking it out, honestly. It was, Dude, really, it was so good. It's really dope to people have people listening to that. I love having I was dropping freestyles over it last time. <laughs> Dave the wave is in the building. I'm ready. <laughs> that's Be on ready. that's on a future episode. We'll we'll re we'll uh, reunite and and uh kick it. Honestly, kick that'd it for be a bit. Sick. That'd be really dope. All right, man. Well, this is a great chat. Thank you so much. And uh yeah, really looking forward to the seaport, man. Oh yeah, one last thing. I'm in the museum in New York City. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to say that. Uh, so yeah. just tell us about that image one more time. So the photo uh, is called Curfew. It's actually got accepted into the museum in New York City. That's why I had to scream it out at the last second because I'm really excited about that. Um, but it's going up in the permanent collection in the New York uh, Museum in New York City. Uh, I As it got, should, man, because it's an iconic shot. Uh, it's crazy. It so, really is. Um, just had to put that in there. We all did this together. So thank you for all bringing right. me outside. Mad love, dude. Mad love to you. Peace. Bye, Dave. Big thanks to Steve for that insightful conversation. I always come away from our chats with new philosophies on creativity, life, and most importantly, a huge smile on my face. Thanks to the masterful musician Ollie Channon for our theme music. You can connect with him and stream his music via ollichannon.com. Make sure to connect with Steve online at Steve Sweatpants to stay informed on his various projects. And until next time, keep your creativity flowing. Shishkin Productions Podcast.